Hey, Lord, we just thank you that you're here right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're in control this morning. I'm just excited. I'm excited at what's happening in this place. I'm excited at, at being here. I'm just excited at seeing people we know. But Lord, I'm excited at what you're speaking into our hearts. I'm excited at what you're, 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 you're sowing into our lives today. Lord, I thank you because that which we sow reaps a harvest. And uh, so this morning, everything that's been said, Lord, and I, I see even the, having read the vision and listened to some of the podcasts of the church here, I see a great vision. I see, a, I see things being sown, which will reap a great harvest. And I just, I speak that over this church, even at this time, as uh, you're in a place where there is fruit coming, a natural fruit, babies coming, coming right through. This is, this is, this is a, a really good thing. I remember when we first, uh, Mike Smith, um, when we moved into, was it here? Well, when Mike first came, wasn't it? When Mike first came, it was a time when there were babies coming into this church. Everybody was, was not everybody, we weren't, but anyway, many people were, yes, we were. People were pregnant. Well, of course we were. <laughs> people were pregnant. And Lord, I just speak that over this church again, that what we see in the natural is happening in the spirit. That there's a pregnancy, there's a birth about to take place and taking place. There's a growth going on on the inside as we're nurturing this new thing that God is building in us. And, and there's a sense of excitement. There's a sense of enthusiasm at the fruit that is to come. And we will see fruit in this place. And we will see as uh, we will see the baby grow. We will see the baby come into this place. We'll nurture it even more. And, uh, and we, we thank you, Father, Lord, that that which you place, that seed you placed in Justin and Lee's hearts, and in so many people in this place. I find it incredible this morning that Steve Nixon is back in, in this place at a time where seed is being sown. And uh, to me, that speaks of there is a harvest. There is a prophetic call on this church. There is a prophetic voice on this church that from, the, from way back till today and, and into the future, that God has called you and God has set you apart and he has a purpose and that purpose has never changed and it won't change because he is the King of Kings. He is the Lord. Lord of Lords. He is the one who builds his church. And those dreams in your heart, they are there not to disappoint. They're there not to disappoint. They're not there not to frustrate, but they're there to come to reality in Jesus' name. And we declare that over this place in your name. Amen. Yeah, that was good, eh? Yeah, that was very cool. Hey, I just want to honor people this morning. Uh, just as we start, what time do I have to finish, by the way? Well, that will depend on how many people I honor, you know. <laughs> Tell me how many. What time? Thank you very much. Excellent. Very good. Um, so, as I just said, it is so good to have Pastor Steve Nick. Uh, well, he was Pastor Steve Nixon in our, in our midst here this morning. This is one of the generals of this church, has been for many, many years. Would you please uh, applaud this man? Thank you. But you know, as I look around this place this morning, I, I was giving some people some hugs and I was really delighted to see people in this place and I'm just so excited. I think one of the greatest moments of excitement I had this morning was, was when Lauren saw me and gave me the big wave and pointed at me and goes, crazy man! <laughs> Lauren and I are best friends. I love her. She's so cool. And, uh, and another one of my, my great friends would be Jordan, who's not here at the moment. But every time I, I come and I, I go and I shake Jordan's hand, he's always, Tim, Tim. 
He, he just does something in my heart, really does. And I want to just honor you too for the way you welcomed me. It was beautiful this morning. Uh, wonderful to see Lorraine McIntyre, Judy Dove, people who've been here for such a long time. And um, just incredible, the seed you've sown into this place, the faithfulness. Um, Dougie, Dougie is an amazing man of God. Dougie, Dougie, we go way back to, to right to the first, right back to Harvest Christian Center, Boundary Road. Dougie was playing drums back then. Dougie is continually playing drums. And Dougie, I honor you, mate. I, we've looked over the years at how many times you've, you would go right out of your way. I remember sleeping here, you know, nights. To, still does. Dougie, I love you, man. Love you so much. Tash. Tash has been, I, I remember the day Tash came into this place and gave her life to Christ. Just, and to me, Tash, was, there's been a few people in my life over the years, uh, many of them in this place actually, that have been like daughters. People that, that you come in and you just sense something on their life. You're attracted towards them and you know, now I know what that is. It's like, okay, you're a son, you're a daughter. I know what this is now. I, I took a while to work out what it was, but I know what you are. You're a son, you're a daughter. And I just want to honor you for, for your, inc- well, your incredible giftings on your life, but your tenacity. I think that's the word. And you're just incredible. I just honor you and love you so much and appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. Mel, you're giving me a grandchild. I'm so excited. She's so excited. You know, um, I came to this place many, many years ago. I'm not even going to say how many years ago it was, but I am now, how old am I? It's a sign, I'm 50. There you go. But um, I remember I, I grew up, I didn't grow up in, in Melbourne. I didn't grow up in Australia. I grew up in New Zealand. I may have told you this before. I think I have. Oh. This is my dad. That's awesome timing, man. <laughs> I'm just honoring people right now. So I just want to honor my mum. And is mum here? Yep. Great. She's on the other room. Yep, yep, got it. Thank you. This is my dad. We've come over for my daughter's wedding, which will be in seven days' time, six days' time. So, so cool, dad. Well done. Good timing. You guys, you guys pushed to be here. Well done. Well done. Um, but I grew up in a little town called Martin. Correct. A little town called Martin. I was the oldest of four kids. Martin is in the big uh, country of New Zealand. Has anyone been to New Zealand? Yes. I love telling this story in Thailand because it's like, I just say, oh, New Zealand, you know Australia, it's that country. New Zealand's this country, you know, underneath. And I tell this story and I say, um, it's a really small country. <laughs> it's a tiny country. We have three, we used to have, when I lived there, three million sheep and six, uh, three million people. And, Three million people and 60 million sheep. Uh, and I grew up in a little town called Martin. Martin had 3,000, 4,000 people. And uh, it was a country town, a farming town. I went to the local high school, which was a very small school called Rangitike College. I lived in an area that was just farming. There was no cities. It was just a farming area. Um, went to that school. There were, I think there were two classes two or three classes in my grade, I was always the second smallest person in my class. Always. Always. And you know, that can, 
when you're the smallest and you live in a small town, you live in a small place and everything's small, that can build a mentality. It can build a thinking uh, uh, and where you think, oh, this is who I am and this is my life. But, you know, God got a hold of my life. God got a hold of my life. And I struggle with this at times, still struggle with it, this small mentality, this small thinking. where I revert back to not who God sees me, but who, how I see myself. And it's just stinking thinking, and it just it ruins who I am. Mum, sorry. Hey. Good to see you. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> Can't not. <laughs> so cool. But, um, but I, I grew up, and I was in this town, and at 10 years of age, I gave my life to Christ. Uh, this man over here was preaching a message. I think it was one of his first ever messages I remember him preaching. I'm sitting down. I'm 10 years old. I'm not listening to a word he says, but something happened inside me where I realized if I don't do something right now, I will go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Therefore, I hadn't listened to anything. Therefore, I, when he, he said, if you want to give your life to Christ, put your hand up. I put my hand up. I walked to the front. I prayed a sinner's prayer. I remember Dad taking me out to the side room, and he started to put, he put his hands on me, and I started to speak in this funny language. And um, just a little bit, but I started to speak in this funny language. And uh, from that moment on, I knew, I knew that God, I was God's, and that I was set apart for something different. I was set apart. I wasn't going to do what my friends did at school. I was going to be a really good boy. And just a really good boy. And that was what I was, I was destined to. I was the oldest child, eldest child. I was responsible. I was a, a very good boy. I was a very good boy, wasn't I, mum? I was a very good boy. My brother, my brother was a shocker. But I was a very good boy. And, uh, is that, but I, I, it was not, not until I turned 19 years of age that I actually had an encounter with Jesus where I recognized that God had a call on my life, that I was called to something greater than I thought I was, that I wasn't this little fella, but God had a purpose for my life. And I had no idea what it looked like, but I knew that I had a purpose for my that he had a purpose for my life. Justin Box came into this place many years ago as a young man with long hair, long wavy hair from what I remember, almost curly, but yeah. Anyway, I remember it there. Justin Box came into this place as just this young man. And God got a hold of your life. Got a hold of his life. The guy we see today is not the guy we saw all those years ago. And I honor you for that, man. Seriously, you and Lee, incredible. Incredible what God's doing. We have a young girl in Thailand in our work. Her name's Biam. And uh, Biam grew up in an area called Chiang Rai, which is a country area in northern Thailand. And when she was in high school, one of her friends uh, was a Christian, and she told her about Jesus, and she, she liked the story. She liked what she heard. And so she started to follow Jesus, but didn't stick at it at all. Uh, just, it, it didn't happen for her. Didn't, and um, we met her two, three years ago, and BM started hanging out with us and saying, I want to follow Jesus. I want to know more about Jesus. And then but she wasn't getting into reading the Word. She wasn't really doing anything. And, but she was coming to our connect groups. She was coming to our, our just our talking about Jesus and stuff. And then one day, it was probably about a month, six weeks ago, I'd ask, we try to get people connected and just involved in anything. So we do everything in two languages. So even if 
a new person's come, we'll just say, hey, can you translate this for us today when we're talking? Can you be a translator? And then a few weeks later, hey, can you share something? And, and we'll translate you. And uh, so BM this day was was giving, I said, can you just tell us something God's spoken to you, something he's doing in your life? She goes, yeah, I can do that. And she started to speak, and I went, this is not the same girl. Something's going on here. This is Jesus. This, she's got it. She's understanding who Jesus is. And she said, I was reading the word, and she just started talking and, and expressing the love of God. And you know how sometimes, like I've got notes? She, she didn't have notes, and it was just coming from within her. And it was just this beautiful moment when I realized someone had gone from understanding about Jesus to knowing Jesus, to knowing Jesus. And you know what? We didn't do anything. We didn't do anything except lead her in the right direction. And I just love it. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the Full. Oh, yes, max. <laughs> Old school. And have it to the max. Have it to the full of life overflowing. You know, it says in the book of John, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And does someone actually have a, a Bible with them, like a paper Bible? Yeah. Yes, please. Can I just borrow that from a... In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. This was not with God in the beginning. This wasn't it. This was written by men and, and compilated and put together. Okay? Who, what was there in the beginning? Jesus. Jesus. You know, this book is great. I love this book with all my heart. But if Jesus is not alive today, this is worth nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's just pages and stories. And really, it's a cruel story. Because it promises something that it in itself cannot fulfill. Jesus is the Word. He's the Word. All of this, the Old Testament, all of it, the New Testament, all of it points to Jesus. Jesus. This is a love letter. These are inspired writings. You know, we've been having... I asked God this time when, thank you. I asked God this time when we came to Thailand, I came to Australia, sorry. Before we came, I said, Lord, I want to have good conversations with my kids this time around. I want to have great conversations with, especially with my daughters, especially with Lizzie and with Mike, who's, they're getting married. I, Lord, I want to have great conversations about you. I have been amazed <laughs> at the conversations. Mike comes to me and says, so, in the Bible, it says, and then yesterday, wasn't it? Yesterday, he comes to us and says, now, Tim, I'm just wondering, um, is it true that you can get podcasts uh, on things of the Bible? And I'm like, yes, yeah, it is, mate. We had this amazing discussion. He said, so which one should I be listening to? And I said, well, if you're wanting some inspirational, motivational kind of teachings about the Word of God, I'd go and listen to a Brian Houston, someone like that. If you want... Um, to some, he goes, mm. <laughs> I went, if you want some educational, informational stuff, go and listen to, help me, Shane Willard. Um, and he goes, okay. I'm amazed at the conversations we've been having, but they're just conversations at the moment. We have this Chinese girl that, um, yeah, that, that we're connected with in, in, uh, in Thailand, in Bangkok, 
And she said these words to me. We, uh, we said, oh, we're Christians and we're, we, we have a church. And she said, oh, I'd like to be educated in the, in the things of Christianity. I don't know. We in China, we have no idea on, on those sort of things. So I'm like, fantastic. But you know, at some stage, the education, at some stage, the information has to become an experience. You were talking to me about that the other day too. That, because there's so much in, yeah, anyway, carry on. God is the source of our life. Jesus is the source. The Old Testament, when we study it, we see everything points to Jesus. It points to the awaited Messiah, to the Lamb of God. The Old Testament, it's the following of rules. It's the strictness in keeping the commandments, the laws, the guidelines. Why? It's all pointing to Jesus. It's getting narrower and narrower and narrower and narrower. And it's getting harder and harder and fall. We have to follow this way, this way. And then the Lamb of God comes, Jesus. The Lamb of God comes, and everything that was narrow becomes large and expansive. I love it. If you look at the, uh, uh, there was a, a teacher who asked Jesus, uh, which, which commandment is the most important? He's going, which of all these commandments is getting narrower and narrower and narrower? Which is the most important? And Jesus goes, love. <laughs> love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, just everything. He just said, love. Oh, and love your neighbor as yourself. It was so narrow. And when Jesus comes, everything becomes huge. Just becomes huge. Is this good? I like it. You know, God lives outside of time. He created time. He's not defined by time. He understands and, know, and understands and knows freedom. I was talking with a guy uh, in, who was helping us to develop an app. That's what you call it, wouldn't you? Yeah, whatever. Um, it's not my... I just know I can go, that's awesome, man. Yep, fantastic. Um, and he's developing this ad. And he's from India. And we're talking with him. And he says, so you are, are you Christians? And I go, oh, yeah, yeah, we're followers of Jesus. And he goes, oh, okay. I said, what about you? Are you a follower of Jesus? And he goes, it's difficult for me. It's difficult for me. My family are Hindu. And so I have all these, these worldviews, these, these thoughts in the back of my mind. He says, but I find it, I understand how, how can a third dimensional person understand the 16th dimensional God. And he starts talking in science terms to me. And he says, so I understand that I can't know everything about this 16th dimensional God when I live in the third dimensional realm. And if a, a 16th dimensional creature wanted me to understand him, I can't go to him the 16th dimension must come down and make himself one of the third dimension. <laughs> I had tears coming down my eyes as I'm, you were there, weren't you? As we're listening going, God's speaking right now through a, man, a Hindu man. I love, I love God. I narrowed it down. Jesus opens it up, opens it up. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. I was listening to Brian Houston the other day, and he was using this. 
Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. Um, um, I do need that one. Okay, so, yes. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of, get, get that one, the people were crowding around him and, and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd fishing, finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. We know this story. And Simon answered, saying to him, Master, we toiled all the night and of nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help him. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. And all that were with him at the, no, no idea, the draft of the fishes, the heaps of fishes which they had taken. I love it there. Let's have a look. This is Jesus right here. Jesus says, cast down your nets. Put out your nets. And what do they do? A net. They'd been out all night. They'd been in the toil. They'd been working for years and years. Well, not years. All night long. They knew what was in that water. They knew how difficult it was. There was no fish there. There was nothing there. Yet Jesus said, do it again. Do it again, but throw out your nets. And what do they throw out? A net. <laughs> Isn't that us? Isn't that us? Oh, all right, yeah, I'll do it. I'll just do what I have to do. I'll be obedient, but I'll just do what I have to do. And then they needed the nets. This is our Jesus. Everything's become narrow, but when we come to Christ, it opens up. It opens up. And it says that they were astonished at the work that Jesus had done. I want to encourage you this morning on your expectation. Let's have a generous expectation. Continually have an unlimited pocket. He has hands. He has hands. And there is always enough in his hands. What God wants to do in your world is astonishing. It's always larger. It's always bigger. And it's always greater and more than we can hope for. Always, always. He said, I've come that you can have life and have it to the full. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I come that you might a generous life. A generous life. Let's look at the universe we are in. It is continually expanding. We're told this. It's continually expanding. This is who our God is. He's overwhelming, and we're created in his image. We are to be continually, continually expanding. I love it. It's not, it is scary, but it's actually amazing. It's beautiful. It's a glimpse of him. Uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, 13. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. 
I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Let's not get fixated on little things. Can we do that? Let's choose not get fixated on the little things. Since you enter this wide, spacious, open life, your life, your life is not small. What God has called to you, called you to, is not small. If you're called to be a mother, that is an incredible responsibility. It's an incredible promise. But you see, our internal processes determines so much of how we respond to things, isn't it? What am I saying there, our internal process? What we believe, what we really believe, makes, is the way we respond. Who is it that rules and dominates my thinking? Who is it that rules and dominates your thinking? God's called us to live a large life. I'm not saying you have to be successful at everything you do. I'm not saying you have to have wealth. You have to... You have to be a missionary. You have to be a pastor. You have to, no. I'm talking about you as a person, generous, wide, open in who you are. It's a beautiful life. Hey, you guys are really quiet. I'm, I'm not used to this. I'm used to having in a meeting, there's a Tim Perry sitting there going, yeah, come on. And my wife going, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> There's nothing about Jesus that is small. He cares for the small and for the one, but he is large, wide, expansive. I want you to know whether you're a pastor, whether you're a housewife, whether whether you're an Uber driver. I was thinking about that. I'm thinking opportunity galore, yeah? Incredible, incredible. God's called you to live life large. He's called you to live life large. God's purpose for you is enormous. His plans for you are beyond. Why? Because you're a son. You're a daughter. Colossians 1 verses 18 and 19 says, He was supreme in the beginning and leading the... This is Message Bible, by the way. And leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross, the greatness of God. There is room for you. There is room for me. There's no room for us to need to have rivals. There's no room for us to need to be competitive against one another in the things of God. If the church down the road is, is, is booming, we win. We all win. Their success is our success. Everything. It, it's just wonderful. We're in, in Thailand and we've started a church and we're growing slow, but we're getting people and people are coming to Christ. Yet Bridge Church just down the road with Jesse and Amanda Winchester is doing so well. And you know what? I'm pumped. I'm so excited because if they're winning, I'm winning. I love it. Your life is not narrow. It's not small. I used to, I used, I learned this through my wife. We were doing 
um, Thai lessons together and we're learning language. And, and like we, we did lessons together for about three weeks. And, um, and I'm going, yeah, I'm all right. I'm only, okay, no, not, not a chance. And so we split, and I'm like, now she's she's this incredible translator. She's just she just has she's just in conversations where she did a, the signing of a lease um, for buildings, which is so much information and stuff. Did it all in Thai. The other girl didn't speak any English, and I'm like, that's my wife. <laughs> didn't teach her all she knows, but she is who she is because of me. I celebrate. I celebrate. When she wins, I win. You realize that? When someone else in the body of Christ wins, you win. We all win. It's so cool. When one Perry celebrates, we all celebrate. Correct? Yes. Religion makes things narrow, makes it small. We find this in where we live, you know, in Thailand. Oh, so frustrating. You start to talk about Jesus and everything's about, oh, every religion's good. Every religion's good. And I'm like, every religion's crap. <laughs> Jesus doesn't make... Oh, sorry. Is it, oh, yeah, cool. Carry on. Religion, religion, religion. It narrows, narrows, narrows. It makes everything small. And, and, and focus on the laws and the rules and what he did wrong. and what, what you, ah, Get out of here. Jesus brings freedom. Freedom. If you're living in Christ, there's no condemnation. Do you get that? When you condemn yourself in your head, you're not living. That's not Christ. That's not Jesus. Jesus said you're free. He says, okay, you've done it. It's happened. I set you free. Move on. I love it. Yeah, you can do that. That's great. <laughs> There's no guilt. Let's open up our minds. Eh? Come on, let's open up our minds. We live in freedom to be able to do this, to think about the good things of God. Philippians 4 verse 8, meditate on these things, these things that are pure, noble, holy. Yeah, ever. You know the one. Living large is a way of thinking and it's a way of seeing. Let's not talk net when God is talking nets. Your outlook determines, your outlook, sorry, your outlook depends on what you're looking out from. You know, the, the Bible says the eyes, of the, the eyes are the windows to the soul. Um, for out of the mouth, the heart speaks. For what a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Albert Einstein said, logic will get you from A to B. Imagination takes you anywhere. Takes you anywhere. Imagination, not just a fantasy, but starting to believe what God says about you. Imagining the things that God has said. Allowing your imagination, God to be in your imagination. And take your places. Surely goodness. David said these words. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He started to see what God sees. He wasn't in a good place at that time. It was a difficult time. But his imagination, what he was thinking, surely goodness and mercy follow me. I know this is true. And I'm going to dwell. I will dwell with him today, tomorrow, and forever. Living large is a way of seeing, it's thinking, and it's living. The world of the generous, Pastor Mike Smith, love this one. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Words of encouragement from your spirit. People live in tiny rooms. 
in, in countries where we go, they live in tiny, tiny places, but their lives are large because of the way they see God. People live in large mansions and have, have space all around them, yet their world is so small. Generosity, spirit, heart, and mind. Always seeing the good, always seeing the gold, being present in the moment. This is what I'm working on. My wife keeps reminding me. Being present in the moment. When I walk into a place, I'm in that place for this time. When I'm, when I'm with that person in that, in that taxi at that, the Uber drive at that time, I'm present at that time in that place. Generosity. Love without abandonment. Open, embracing, loving, generous. Narrow is the gate. What do you might say? The Bible says, narrow is the gate that leads to life. And few are those who find it. Yes, narrow is the gate, but not the path. Not the path. Narrow is the way to eternal life. But once you're in, Narrow, it actually says narrow, and the King James says, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. Difficult. Once you're in, it's difficult. But that's cool because difficult is expansive. Difficult is the overcoming. Difficult is beautiful. The gate is narrow. His name is Jesus. But the path, the way is not narrow. It's difficult. It's challenging. It's expanding. I want to have an open mind. I do. I want to have an open mind. I'm encouraging you today. I want to have a listening heart, a learning heart. I want to be an embracer, not a judger. You know, the longer I serve Christ, the more I study the word, the more I spend time with people, the more I realize Jesus Christ is the way. But once I'm in, the more I spend time with Christ, the more I spend time with people, the more I realize, the less I know. (laughs) I don't have answers for everything. But I do have love, peace, joy, and hope. And I do have Jesus, the real thing. I'm learning that Christians don't know everything. What? We don't. And some things we're quite naive and quite ignorant and have not a clue. But God's using others to teach us. I learned through a Hindu man. I've learned through people who've just come to Christ. I'm learning through people who don't know Christ. I'm learning for people who are, have been anti-Christ. I'm having amazing conversations with people because of an openness, not to tell, but to listen. Because I'm trying to open my heart and say, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. I want to hear what you're saying. I value you. I value who you are. I value what you have to say, what you have to give to me. I don't have all the answers, and I'm okay with that. I'm learning so much from conversation. I'll tell you what I do have. I do have the one who said, ask and you'll receive. And I kind of reckon sometimes we just forget that. He says, ask and you'll receive. He says, you don't have because you're just not asking. You're just not asking. Lord, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you. I thank you. What you did on that cross was the most generous thing anyone could ever do. The Son of God coming from heaven to earth. 
coming down. The 16th dimension coming to the third dimension. However you want to look at it. Whatever it looks like. The great spirit coming to our world. Lord, we thank you. And I ask that you, God, just open our hearts. Open us up to be generous people. As you are generous with our thinking. Generous with our speech. Generous with our, our imagination. I thank you for this beautiful place, Lord. I thank you for these beautiful people. I thank you for the beautiful future ahead for this church. In Jesus' name, amen.